This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. I'm also here with Solomon. He's the director of a Christian faith-based organization in India. Now, in our previous episode, we had the pleasure of hearing Solomon's powerful testimony about how he was born into a, a Hindu a household and how Christ grabbed a hold of his heart uh, and was able to use a, a serviceman in his area to powerfully change his life by introducing him to a relationship with Jesus. Now, today we have Solomon joining us again. Um, well, he's in the field. And so here's what you might hear. You might hear some of his neighbors talking in the background, um, which I think we just heard just a second ago. But that's the beautiful thing about podcasting. We're here in America. He is in India. We're not in studios. We're just talking on microphones, having a conversation here. Our host, uh, David, he recently met Solomon at RLP, and we can't wait to hear more about what Solomon is involved with. If you missed part one of our interview with Solomon, be sure to check that out. So David, I want to go right to you, okay? David, tell us about what Christians like Solomon are facing in India specifically. Well, the as we're going to hear from Solomon, I'm going to turn it over to him as quickly as possible. But even at the ROP yeah. conference we just had, we heard many reports of the escalation of rights, of human rights abuses, of direct persecution, even martyrdom against the church and mm-hmm. uh, you know God's gold, bold believers there in India. And that's, of course, SOM International, what we're serving. And so it's such an honor to have a persecuted believer on our podcast today and really yeah. to talk about his calling as an advocate, a legal advocate, and trying to really serve the body of Christ in India. So Solomon... Tell us now, uh, you, we heard your story about God capturing your heart, and then God really gave you a heart you know, for the persecuted church there and serving. So really pick it up from there and tell us kind of how you're serving the persecuted believers and just how God's worked in your heart towards your completing your story. Yeah. Thank you, David. You know, as I have gained years, it was in 2004 I accepted the Lord and I completely committed myself to our Lord Jesus over the years, I have some of the things in terms of which are intangible, like the idea of justice is mm. our God is all about justice. Our God is all about standing for oppressed. Like he says in one of the prayers, David said to God that he'll never despise the broken hearts. So I mm. strongly believe that our God is always stands with those who are taken advantage of, who are exploited. So here, the work that we do with the organization that I'm, you know, associated with, here we basically, we want to see, especially the Christian community, that they're able to exercise their fundamental freedom of uh, religious freedom right. that the Constitution of India grants. Also, we want to secure justice. We want to, we want to secure dignity, not just Christian, but we want to extend it to others also. But primarily, we are focused on Christian community. We do this work through research and advocacy. We do the communications, we do legal interventions, we do trainings across the country, and uh, we do representation on the international and national level where we talk about what's going on in the country. Also, we get involved with relief activity wherein we assist the victims or you know those who have been persecuted for their Christian faith and this practical relief activity happens 
in terms of you know medical or uh, other financial aid. Would you mind sharing a story just in your mind right now of how you practically uh, gave advocacy and, and, and what you did and, and how you supported that? Because I think that will really put some flesh on the, the bones of what you just described. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let me just break it down in terms of what happens with the churches, Christians, whether individually or collectively as a family. See, the types of violences that we have documented, uh, you know, there are threats, uh, people are harassed. There are physical violences, mm-hmm. some, and uh, in some of these states, they're falsely accused of carrying out conversion activity. The churches, worship service are stopped because of the extremist elements. And there are, there are social oppositions. Some of them are boycotted. There are hate campaigns, uh, you know, in terms of uh, making or saying things that can create division within the community, especially alienating the Christian community. And then you have the churches getting vandalized, people are getting arrested, uh, women are getting, you know, uh, I mean, they are not, even they are not spared and there are forced reconversion, meaning you forsake the Christian faith and you come back to your former faith. And then uh, there are demolition of churches. How have you been, even directly yourself, have you been persecuted yourself there, Solomon? Uh, Well, thankfully not yet. There have been okay. opposition within the family, mm-hmm. my relatives, my, my uncles, my father's, father's brothers, and uh, my mother's brothers. They have argued with me. They have tried to convince me that you don't have to do this. And their approach, their behavior, I have seen a bit of a change in that. Yeah, so that way, is, it's, it's only up to that level. It has never happened uh, socially. Okay. You know, I have managed that pretty well. Well, I, 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 you know, meeting you, brother, you truly have a, a peacemaker spirit that I think mm-hmm. you bring peace to the situation. God's using that, you know, that you're using that on behalf of others and that others, and God's certainly hand has been on you. Now, you told me something important that we're going to take a break and I want you to come back yeah. to this. But you told me how you just sense it just gains so much more worse persecution, the violence that you have genuine concerns for the body of Christ in, in India, and even for yourself, though. So when we come back afterwards, let's talk more about the escalation, what's going on, and then some of the things that you're doing. Yeah, it's, it says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And Solomon, we love the work that you're doing. So we'll hear more about it when we get back. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International, also online from India with Solomon. He's the director of a a faith-based organization in India. Now, uh, David, we haven't mentioned the name of this organization quite intentionally because of the 
sensitive nature of what Solomon does. Uh, explain to us a little bit about why we have to do those kind of things. Yeah, I think Solomon's bringing the reality of what it means to be boots on the ground in these restricted nations. I mean, Solomon actually an alias, uh, and we haven't been able to talk about the organization because they are targeted too. We don't want to bring undue attention, and here they are serving the persecuted church under persecution. But we yeah. thank God for organizations like SOM International, where we can build these relationships, know about each other, and, and mutually support each other. And that's the teamwork uh, and, and really of leadership principle there that God makes us one body, each part having a different calling, a different way that we're to lift up the body. Yeah. So uh, Solomon, can you share with us a story of persecution that you have witnessed or you've experienced firsthand and how you were able to advocate for those who were being persecuted? Sure, Mark. I'll tell you about an incident that happened in 2021. Okay. And uh, it happened in the you know morning time. By the time I got to know, uh, it was around 4 p.m. in the evening. But as soon as I got to know, I got involved into this. I spoke to the district police chief. It goes like this. There was this church. There were around 30 people. The entire mm -hmm. church was taken into police custody, saying that they're involved in the religious conversion activity. So as soon as I got to know, I tried to speak to the local police station officer. I could not get through to him. Then I thought, mm -hmm. let's talk to the boss directly, meaning the chief of the police uh, for that particular yeah. district. So as I talked, you know, it has never, ever happened to me that I, you know, I talked to a district police chief for more than five minutes or six, seven minutes. But this time around, I talked for a good 30 minutes. And it felt like that he was just sitting there and he wanted to reason or argue with you that what Christians are doing is wrong. So I wanted to know from mm -hmm. him as to what is wrong. So the first thing he said to me that you guys are involved, the Christian community, or rather these 30 people are involved into an allurement for conversion. And the second mm -hmm. thing he says, they're, they're also applying or using the forcible means to convert. And then he says they're also influenced, they're, they're doing this influence, you know, influencing tactics to convert people. So I said, let's take on one by one. Let's talk about mm. it. Because I just couldn't take it anymore because I was only tired because I had traveled for a good five hours that um, on that day. So I wanted to know what's going on. Let's deal with it one by one. So first thing he says- Cut to the chase. Like, yeah, so he says, this is what you're doing and offering good positions. Something good is gonna happen to you. That's what you talk about, that life will become better. Well. To be honest with you, it's the Bible that says, because the Bible says that if you are heavily laden, tired, come to me, I'll give you rest. That's the word of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's not the poor pastor or the witness is saying. The person or the pastor is just reading from the book, no matter how far away from the common, commonly known facts this book may be. For example, Jesus walked on the water. I cannot prove it to you, but that's the, that's, that's the matter of faith. And the constitution of the country gives me that right to believe in that, because it's my faith. I don't have to prove it to you. So when the so I, essentially what I'm saying is that can these things come into the allotment? If Jesus said he'll give us peace, rest in our hearts, we believe that. And you know, he was mm -hmm. born of a virgin. We believe that. And Bible says whatever righteous touches, it will flourish. It's just faith. It's nothing. There's no allotment. What can be allotment in the matters of faith? What can be allotment in the spiritual matters? So, but then he goes, I think he kind of understood what I was talking about. But suddenly he says that, no, no, it's not just that. You also use the forces 
you know, you try to scare people. Well, like I said, shortly we are not going around with the guns or with the dagger in our hands yeah. to preach who Christ is and how much he loves us and how he died on the cross right. himself. And number three, he says, you try to influence people. I said, how do we do that? Well, you kind of, you have your ways. Well, not really, because we, we believe in the Bible. We read the book of what God has said to us, you know, and right. uh, we practice what the fruits of the spirits are, kindness, gentleness, the fruit of the spirit. We practice that. And if we practice that, people see us that we have so much of patience. We have so much of peace within our heart. They will ask us, hey, man, what's going on? How come you're able to remain so sane minded? Uh, everybody is sort of confused. Everybody's scared. COVID, all that things are happening. And you never know what's going to happen. So shortly, I can share because I will talk about my faith when somebody is asking me why am I able to maintain my peace? And it is because, uh, you know, the Constitution gives me that right to profess and propagate my faith. So legally, right. I'm not doing anything wrong. So what's the first about? Hmm. So, but then he said... Then what, then what happened? Yeah, what, what did he say to that? Well, he said that, well, we're just, right now we are just investigating. And besides, we have just gotten to know that these 30 peoples are not Christians. Well, in that case, Constitution of India also gives us the right to freedom of conscience. So if they are there, they are there out of their own free will. What's the problem? We live in a free country, so let them be there. And subsequently, I got to know that when this police chief was talking to me, they had the the leaders of local extremist forces sitting in the office when he was talking to me. Hmm. Yeah, these are two reliable sources. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So that then, yeah, did that person come in or did they let people go? What, what oh, was yes, the result yes, of yes. all of that? All of them were let go. I mean, they they detained them at the police station for about good, let's mm. say, four or five hours. Because I got to know about four, you know, at about 4 p.m. And by 10 o'clock or something, they were all let go. Wow. Praise the Lord. But Solomon, yeah. you're exemplifying Isaiah 61, saying the captives free, mm -hmm. speaking on behalf of those oppressed. Brother, that's truly leadership in a light, yeah, in a light in a very oppressed and dark area. And mm -hmm. um, brother, is there any one thing on your heart that we could pray for as you're speaking to yeah. the American audience who truly loves you? They're, you know, the, our listeners are listening because they have a love for the body of Christ, especially those yeah. in persecuted areas. So, what's on your heart? A way we could support you and pray for you, brothers. I really wanted, if I wanted to talk about, you know, what's going on, I would have said so many things. But I think I want to be, I want to be solution oriented. What I want to see is. I want to see every pastor, every single Christian to be equipped, to be empowered legally. Mm -hmm. Because when you know mm -hmm. the law of the land, I think things become pretty easy for you to navigate. Mm -hmm. In one of the states, you know, the, the practice which are the practices which are employed by these extremist elements, they just stormed into the churches and they accuse pastors of you know carrying out religious conversion activity. And pastors, hmm. they never faced anything like that. And then when they come across hmm. like that, they're not able to think. They're not able to answer on legal points. We need to be able to train them. We need to be able to right. uh, look for legal uh, assistance for them and also provide legal, you know, what do you call it, relief activities for them. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, so if you want to pray for the persecuted church, one way you can do that is by praying that they would get access to uh, to legal help and understand the Constitution in their own country. Some people are under persecution, but yet their country it doesn't necessarily support that. So, so I, I I appreciate I, sh- I appreciate what you're doing there, Solomon. Um, Another way you can be kept informed about what's happening in the persecuted yes. church is by joining the prayer team that's yes. at Spirit of Martyrdom. Uh, they're putting out requests all the time. Uh, so you can know what what prayers need to go out this week for the persecuted church. You can sign up to be a global ambassador over at spiritofmartyrdom.com. Also, a way you can support this podcast just by simply hitting that subscribe button and then when a new episode comes out you'll be notified with whatever your favorite app is to play podcast you'll be notified there's a new episode out and you can keep on top of what's going on with those who are risking much for jesus if you have a question for us please uh, contact us if you want a free newsletter please go to spiritofmartyrdom.com and sign up for a free newsletter and we'll send that to you every month and uh, lastly we are funded by you so again spiritofmartyrdom.com you can become a donor and or you can go and uh, donate towards a book and get one of our resources from the bookstore all of that is sitting for you at spiritofmartyrdom.com Solomon it's been a blessing to have you thanks so much for taking the time with us sure it was wonderful to connect with you and talk about what we are doing here also got you know getting to know what you are doing I really appreciate you know you're just taking our cries our problems is sharing it with the world so that we can get prayers and that's the most important thing for us but one thing we often hear is that one of the most valuable things that people who are risking much for jesus covet from those who are um, here in the states are their prayers so we are excited to let people know let our listeners know what's going on inside the church uh, that is persecuted right now well until next time my name is mark stafford and this has been at risk radio You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.